Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton. It's a privilege and an honor to be here with you. You were just listening to Unetanet Tokev, sung by Avram Fried, one of my favorite pieces of the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur liturgy. Um, here we are. It's the last show in a while. Next week's Rosh Hashanah. The next week is just before Yom Kippur. Next week is Sukkot. Next week is Simchas Torah. We're going to be offline for a while. Not the radio station, but uh, this show, which is on Tuesdays, 1 to 2. So we got to pack in. And what I try to do this show is choose songs and hopefully an energy that's appropriate for the time we're in. We're going to listen to four songs in total. That was the first one. And another three songs that are connected to the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur service, as you'll see throughout the show. And we look forward to hopefully just get into the zone. That's really what, what the goal is. The goal is to show up to Rosh Hashanah, the new year, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, 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 etc., plugged in, in the zone. Because the magic only happens when you're there, right? The, I heard this analogy of somebody taking seeds and throwing it on the ground, but he didn't dig up the ground, he didn't plow, he didn't make the ground fertile. And what happens to the seeds? Nothing. They just decay and nothing happens to them. In order for a seed to turn into a tree, in order for something magical to happen, it has to fall on fertile soil. It has to be soil that's worked through it, developed and ready for it to grow. And so too it is where Rosh Hashanah ends. In general, with any powerful experience, you could have the most incredible inspiration, but if you're not showing up ready for the inspiration, a vehicle for it, a, a, a vessel to contain it, then you won't be able to do much with it, right? Um, you could have lots of water, but if you don't have a cup to contain it and give yourself a drink, you'll be uh, struggling to actually enjoy a nice drink. And the same in any area. You could have the greatest flow of positive energy your way, but you're not picking it up because you haven't showed up for it. The famous story in the early 2000s about the violinist who's one of the top in the world playing violin at the train stations and train station in Washington D.C. and how nobody picks it up, nobody is noticing what he's doing. They're just walking right by, not because people are deaf, but because they were not tuned in for that. They didn't, you know, they, these same people would have paid, I don't know, $50, $100 a day before to hear this world-class violinist play, but now it's, it's out of context. They're not showing up. They didn't dress up with their tuxedo and have a night out at the opera, so therefore they're not, they're not getting it. And it's the same with the High Holy Days, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, which are coming our way that the experience we feel will very much be dependent on how we show up. If I'm like rushing in, haven't thought about Rosh Hashanah till this moment, you know, maximum I did is I called a show and confirmed I had a seat. Yeah, yeah, seat, okay, great, I show up. I haven't thought about renewal, freshness. I haven't calmed my mind and allowed myself to zone in 
I haven't shown up with an expectation of what I want to get out of it. I'd rather just like go with the flow. Then chances are nothing magical is going to happen. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you're surprised. But nine out of ten times, effort brings results. And in order to have a Chag, in order to have a powerful Chag experience that's memorable, you have to show up. There's no question that this year there's a huge momentum to go back to Shul. Um, seen it across the shows we spoke about last week, the role of community. There's a huge momentum, and I think it's unbelievably heartwarming. But once we show up, what are we going to experience once we're there? Yes, hopefully the, the chazan will be pleasant, and if you go to a shul that has a choir, it will be even more pleasant and lovely. Um, but even the rabbi's speech will, might be nice, who knows? Um, but the power of the experience will have very little to do with how well prepared the rabbi is in the sermon and whether he talks six minutes and 12 minutes uh, and how the chazan sounds. It's going to be very much based on you. Are you going to plug in? Will you enter a zone? Allow the chag to, to do what it needs to do. Rosh Hashanah does something through us. Yom Kippur does something through us. Sukkot does something through us. And yes, it needs to be done in the right environment, right? Sukkot, it's done in a sukkah. Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, it's done in a shul. But allow the experience to, to go through you, to penetrate you, right? They always used to tell us in Yeshiva when we were growing up, let God go through you. Don't be a blockage. Get, when you get up and speak, as a rabbi, I try to do this every time. I often forget to. I didn't do it before the show, so I could do it now. I ask, I ask Hashem, please talk through me. Not in a hocus-pocus way, but ultimately a lot of ideas can flow through my mind. Some could be good ideas, some could be terrible ideas. How do I know that, how, how can I be do the best I can to make sure that my time on this show or at the pulpit or wherever else I'm interacting with people is the maximum impact and, and making a kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God, rather than the opposite, desecrating. It's by being a vehicle through which God could shine through us, through shine through me. Each and every one of us, if we want Rosh Hashanah, if we want God to shine through us, and your Kippur, God to shine through us, we just have to open ourselves up to it. The famous, famous story about the Katska Rebbe that when he was a child, they asked him, where can God be found? And he answered, wherever you let him in. This is such a profound idea. It's a short answer, so profound. Because God's everywhere, obviously. But you'll only experience him wherever you let him in. He'll only be real for you wherever you let him in. So where is God for you? Where you let him in. And the question I'm going to ask is, can we let him in? Can we let him in? Let's go for some more Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur music. This is Chamol Al Secha, sung by Yitzchak Meir on 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Shul. And here we are listening to the most magnificent music for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur trying to plug in, because again, that's really the goal. 
um, if there's one message that I'm going to repeat over and over is we have to enter the zone. Try this week and this weekend, the last Shabbos of the Hebrew year, to, to give yourself time to enter the zone, to, to plug in and to have the electricity running, your own electricity. There's very little what we can do about load shedding. But, right, if you plug into the wall but there's no electricity, the circuit is not flowing, then it doesn't really make a difference. You need the circuit, you need to plug in, you need to zone in. Ideally, that's what the whole month is, right? The month of Elul, the last month of the Hebrew year, is there for the month of reflection. The king's in the field, and we go out to the field, we talk to the king, we engage with the king, we plug into the king, we, um, we connect. That's really what it is. It's about connecting. And it's hard to connect, let's be honest, especially we live in a world that is so fragmented. Our minds are so often so scatterbrained. We're all over the place. Multitasking or multi-doing nothing, uh, multi-distracted, right? Between our phone and our WhatsApp and our email and the phone call and the Facebook and the Instagram post and our kid needs something from us and our spouse wants to talk to us and our parent and our friend and our dust and our yens and we're running shopping, running around as a chicken without a head. Literally just all over the place. And it's hard to plug in, but the truth is, showing up fragmented to an experience, you're never anywhere. In Jewish mysticism, there's the idea of pnimiyut versus chitzoniyut. Pnimiyut is where you show up to something and you're fully there, you're fully present. Chitzoniyut, which literally translates as external, means you're always in the periphery, you're always outside it, you're never in it. Right? When you're outside, you can do 50 different things at the same time. And you're standing at the outside of the wedding, right? You're on your phone, you're chatting to your friend. If it's your child getting married, you're definitely in it. There's something really wrong if you're under the chuppah, your child's getting married and you're checking somebody else's Instagram post. Pnimi, to, to be inside, to be, to be there, present, is really the call of this time of the year. Bakshu Panai, we say in chapter 27 Tehillim, that we're saying each day of Davening, each day this month, chapter 27 of Tehillim, of Psalms. Bakshu Panai, seek out Panai, my face. But the word Panai also comes from the word Pnimiyut, inside. Seek the real thing. Don't seek external. Seek something real. Don't, don't be blinded by superficiality and by distractedness. If you want to set a goal for Rosh Hashanah, I could mass humbly suggest a goal of being there, just being, trying not to think about a million stuff. You show up to show, don't think about the, the Rosh Hashanah dinner the night before, or the breakfast, right, at the end of Yom Kippur, or this verbal, or even the, what the people behind you are yapping about. Just plug in, talking about yapping, you know, it's nice when things are quiet, and you might feel tempted to tell the people behind you to be quiet, but first of all, I would say just do it nicely. Um, it's just, you know, for people who come once or twice a year or even every week, it's not nice to be screamed at. And also, let's just look at ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves, do we ever talk before we scream at others? But that was a side point. But yes, ideally in the show, nobody should talk. And uh, we should all plug in. But the point is, we can plug in regardless of what's going on around us. Just enter a zone. Forget about, you could even forget about what the rabbi is talking about, right? 
close your eyes, uh, and if the rabbi thinks you're sleeping, it's not the end of the world. That will hurry up his speech. Nobody's going to die from a short speech. And uh, it reminds me of the kid looking at the wall. These old rabbi jokes. It's like there's a thing called dad jokes, and there's like rabbi jokes. They're pretty much the same category. So <laughs> this this kid is standing at the wall, sees all those, you know, names deceased and this person died, etc. And he turns to the rabbi and he says, what are all these names? He says, these are for our members, family members who uh, died in service. So the kid says, which one, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur? Um, right? You want to close your eyes, zone in, speech, chaz, and choir. It's all nice. Those are all enhancers. They're all bonuses. They're all hopefully stimulants that could help you. But the goal is that you block everything out and you just enter your world. Anna umalka, me and the king, bilchadohi alone. That's really what Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is. It's, it's, it's talking directly to the king. Doing it together with the community because it's so much more beautiful when there's unity. You know, I heard the argument so many times of people saying it's better, it's easier to daven at home. And there's truth to that. But on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we belong in Shul. That's that's you do it together with other Jews. Your your prayers are much more powerful when they're done in unity. When Hashem sees his children together, it evokes a much please God, a much better and more positive response. But even while you're with people, there's a famous expression, Tova Habdidut Adam. You could be alone amongst people, not lonely, but alone. In other words, be there with everyone else. But still be alone, still be in your own world, and everyone else hopefully around you is also in their own world, not in a narcissistic way, but realizing that yes, I'm doing this as a community, but it's also an individual journey, straddling those two opposites. It's a, it's a collective journey of many, and it's an individual journey of mine, where I'm alone with Hashem, I'm talking to Him, and I'm having a real conversation. I challenge yourself that throughout all the davening and all the liturgy that you do, at some stage in this whole experience, the 48 hours of Rosh Hashanah, the 24 hours of Yom Kippur, and even the week in between, to have a few moments where it's 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 real, it's authentic, it's authentic. I was just reading a story this last week about about 100 years ago. There was a a, a, a pious Jew, a tzaddik, who lived in the old country. Shalom of Bells, and he one time had this inspiration that if he wants to see something beautiful, he should go to a hamlet outside the city where there was a, a very poor person who lived over there. He said, go, like, he, he almost had this, like, divine inspiration to go there, check it out. So he goes, he tells his wagon driver, this is the, the week of Slichot, right? Last Shabbos was the week where we started Slichot, so it's Saturday night week before Rosh Hashanah, and that's his inspiration to go check out this hamlet, this little cottage. Shows up with his wagon driver, and he's staring outside, he's looking through the window. And what does he see? He sees this simple fellow, a fellow who actually was one of his students, one of his chassidim, very simple man, sitting at an empty table, it's just him. And... Um, takes a bottle of vodka and pours two cups, one for himself 
and one for some invisible being at the other side of the table, of course, too. And he picks up his cup and starts talking. After he finishes talking, he downs his cup. Then he takes the other cup, downs it as well, and he's done. By the way, the Sashalom of Bells, the, 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 the rabbi tells his wagon driver to, to run and leave before this guy sees them, and they go back to the shtetl. They come back to Shul. Shul was already supposed to start. It was late at night. It was supposed to start already. The rabbi came late. Everyone was worried. He walks in. It's fine. All good. And this Jew also showed up. He showed up also to, to Davin Slichot to be part of that experience. After the service was over, the rabbi says, please tell that Jew, he calls him by his name, let's call him, you know, Yankel, says, Yankel, please tell Yankel that I want to see him. And uh, Yankel is terrified, you know, the rabbi wants to see him, what does, the, what does the holy rabbi want to see him, what does it mean? He was a very sincere, simple Jew, and he, you know, he was very comfortable in the background, none in the foreground, and he comes to see the rabbi, and the rabbi looks at him and says, Yankel, don't worry, calm down, calm down, everything's okay, we're good. I have a question for you, Yankel. What happened tonight about an hour or two hours ago? Nothing. What, what, what do you think uh, happened? Like, everything's normal by me. Whatever. The same typical thing like every other person. Rabbi says, I, I, I saw you through the... He says, I saw you through the window. What, Rabbi? You saw me through the window? What are you doing in my window? I'm outside the city. I, I knew something was going on and I showed up. I, I, I don't know what happened. All I had was an intuition that something's happening. But there I see you with two cups. What, what was going on? fellow turns to the rabbi and he says, Rabbi, listen closely. Listen, listen. I've had a hard life. I was married, never had children. Years ago, my wife passed away and it was, it was only me left. And I was pretty upset with God. That left me with nothing. All I had was a few small uh, animals on my farm. It says, a while ago, my cow got sick. And I turned to God, and I said, listen, God, you've taken everything from me. Now you're taking my cow as well. If you take away my cow, I'm not going to put on tzitzit anymore. He says a few months later, I mean, not too, sorry, too, not too long after the cow died. He says a few months later, my, my goat starts getting sick. And this time I'm like, God, you can't do this to me. If you do this to me, I'm not, I'm not going to Shul during the week. I'm not, I'm not walking into Shul anymore. You, you, you forgot about me, I'm not walking anymore. And he says, just last week, a bunch of my chickens got a plague and they died. And I turned to God and I said, I'm done. I'm not even walking to Shul on, on Shabbos, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, never. You don't care about me, you don't love me. And he turns to the rabbi and he says, Tonight, rabbi, I thought to myself, I said, Tonight is slichot. Right? Tonight is, uh, is the time that we start getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. We show up at midnight and we daven and we pray. I have to be there. I have to show up to God. I have to show up and talk to God. But on the other hand, I made a promise I'm not walking into Shul. And, he, and God disappointed me. So he says, listen, this is what I did. I poured myself 
two cups of vodka, one for myself and one for God. I picked up my cup and I told God this. I said, dear God, you really disappointed me this year. It wasn't, it hasn't been fun. But I know I've also disappointed you, God. So how about we clean the slate? I forgive you, you forgive me. And then I drank my vodka and I drank it on behalf of God as well. And the, the rabbi, the Sashalom of Bells, the Bells of Rabbi turns to this fellow and says, do you know that with your, with your little moment with God, you spared the whole community? Because in heaven they were saying that, you know, this community, although it's a bunch of wonderful people, nobody talks to God sincerely. Everybody does it robotically. And you showed up with, with sincerity. You showed up and you spoke to God like he's your real father. And that's, that's what we needed for our community, to, to, to bring bracha to us, just somebody to talk to God for real. That's really the message of the story, friends. If you could show up this Rosh Hashanah and talk to God for real, that's more than you can ever ask for. This is 101.9 High FM, and we have some more beautiful music to play for you. This is um, Avinu Malkenu, sung by Mati Steinmetz. 101.9 High FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM, my name is Rabbi Levi Hatsun, and here we are talking about Rosh Hashanah and entering the zone. That was the beautiful music of Avinu Malkenu, authored by the, composed by the same author of the Tanya, Shnei Zalman of Liadi, this beautiful prayer to Hashem. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to enter the zone with a bit of sincerity, as the story we shared a few minutes ago. It's about showing up with a moment of Emes, of truth, of real sincerity, where we talk to Hashem and the pretenses are down. I like to say each year that, for me, the most honest moment of the whole experience of Hashanah Yom Kippur is at the end, the end of Yom Kippur, right? Fasting already for 24, 25 hours, you're tired, um, you're not feeling your best. As a rabbi, I finished giving all my drushes, I'm done. And, you know, your shirt, no matter how fit it looked a, a day ago, doesn't exactly look so uh, spiff a day later. You're not feeling amazing. You haven't eaten. You haven't showered. You're not, you're not, you're not showing up your you know, prime self. And in that moment, you can touch a bit of MS, a bit of honesty, a bit of sincerity, a bit of closeness to it. Some people, maybe it is when they show up to Rosh Hashanah, spick and span, straight out of the shower, feeling like a million dollars. For me, it's at the end of Yom Kippur. Just a little, a little emes, a little ne'ilah, that powerful moment when we lock ourselves in with God. But wherever your moment or moments are, I pray for each and every one of us that we, we touch truth. Now, Rizal, the great Kabbalist, said that Sometime throughout the Rosh Yom Kippur, a tear should be shed. Not because, like, I'm supposed to cry now, but he says, if you've gone through the whole experience and not one tear was shed, he says, the soul is incomplete. There's something wrong. Why? Because it's such an intense time, and something about this moment should, should move us. 
And if we're not being moved, that means we're not showing up with our whole soul. We're not showing up with our whole soul. And this is the time we should show up. We should show up. Because the truth is we need this moment. We need moments of transformation. We need moments of realness. We need to feel that this world is, is not a jungle and that God is real. And this is the time to plug into that relationship. And it's a powerful, powerful opportunity. And I encourage you, wherever you are, to access the moments, to access the power of this time. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson, and my wishes, I want to finish off with wishing, right? It's a good thing to wish, to give brachas to one another. So, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're going to be off, this show is going to be off till after Yom Tif. So it's going to be quite a long break because all the Chagim are Tuesday or around it. So I want to wish you and your loved ones, you should be inscribed and signed in the book of good life. May God give us a year and may we make the year a year of life. In other words, may we not only live, but may we have a life. And may we look inward and not only ask God to give us his blessing, but for us to bless the year, to bless the year with meaning and forgiveness and grace, to be gracious and to have pure love in our hearts, especially to the ones close to us and to all, to all of us, to be able to live lives of decency and ethics and morality and faith and trust and piety and generosity and all the good all the good values let's plug in for ourselves this year that as we dive into Hashem we also dive into ourselves not because we're God but because after God the single biggest factor in this coming year and how the year will turn out is you right? God can give us a year but what we do with the year is very much our free choice so it's a time to reflect and to say, okay, Levi, what's the plans for this year? How are you going to live? What are you going to make of this year? Please, God, God gives you this year of life and health. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to fill it? Are you going to make it an incredible year? Are you going to make it a year of good choices? Because that's what we pray for. It should be a year of good choices, a year of abundance. Be inscribed and signed in the book of good life. Wishing you and yours only the very best for this year. See you in a few weeks' time. Finishing off with the beautiful song, Ochila Lakel, as sung by Yishai Ribo. Have a great year. Shana Torah.